Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III. And today's episode is the second rendition of What Would You Do? And in this segment, it's going to be about five minutes per scenario. And what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to lay out the situation, the problem, if you, if you may. And then I'll turn back around after I've explained the three problems, then I'll give what my solution is. And the goal in this episode is, is that it's interactive. So I would love in the comments for you to drop, hey, what your solution would be for the problem that we've just incurred. These are all deals that we're either A, actively working on right now, or have just recently closed on in the past 30 days, okay? So scenario number one, is going to be a wholesale deal that we contracted in Eugene, Oregon. Okay, this deal came through batch leads and SMS. Uh, we contracted the deal for $90,000. The seller had told us that the property was in ugly condition, uh, but it was livable. Once we finished the reconnaissance on the, on the, the property itself, we found out most everybody in Oregon was telling us, hey, this is a teardown. It's really not in good shape. And and, and $90,000, uh, that was too high of a price for us to contract it at. So uh, it was looking like we were going to need to either do A, a price reduction, or, or B, terminate the contract if the seller was not willing to renegotiate with us. Uh, what ended up happening is, because that wasn't the problem, uh, right before we felt like we should renegotiate, we had a, a last showing with several buyers go out and we received a, a full asking price offer on the property. Great. This fit right into their buy box. It's exactly what they were looking for. And what they essentially were going to do is tear it down, but they were going to build a little bit of a higher end home and, and build new construction on it. So it worked for their buy box and they were looking for properties in this area. So great, we signed the contract, earnest money is deposited, everything's moving, you know, trucking down the right path. And then what happens, the, the issue that we have to resolve here, the what would you do, is the buyer comes back to us a week and a half before closing and says, I'm gonna have to terminate because my lender will not loan me what I need to do the rehab on the, the new construction on this property. So I'm going to have to terminate with you. Um, and then that's where we're kind of left with our problem. What would you do in that scenario? Your buyer a week and a half before closing says, I need to terminate because I'm not getting the loan that I need to do the new construction. Okay, so that's problem number one. Scenario number two is going to be a property that we contracted in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, this was actually brought to us from a Crucible student. It was a JV deal. Um, it was right around all in the same time. So I'm not going to say it was his first deal that he brought to us as, as a, a Crucible student, uh, but he got a wave of, of properties under contract in Tulsa, Oklahoma, probably all from the same campaign. So one of his first properties that he brought to us, this was probably the nicest property um, that he contracted. Um, and it was also the, the, the highest price point. Okay. He contracted it for $120,000. Um, and, and it was a marginal deal. 
right? This was definitely going to be more along the lines of, say, a hedge fund buyer property or, or a turnkey uh, rental situation. Not really a, enough spread there for a, a rehabber, a flipper, or, or even just a traditional uh, landlord to come in and, and do work on the property. Upon the showings, all of our offers we were getting were below the asking price, and it became pretty pretty clear that we were at a price point that just wasn't going to work, but we did have, from the 50-day challenge, someone that saw one of my posts, they went in and they said, hey, I'm a sub-two buyer nationwide, I'll buy anywhere, uh, this is what I'm looking for, and, and in this property fit the, the buy box exactly, um, and, and essentially how I remembered this was through my Facebook memories. So, you know, Facebook tells you, you know, one year ago today, two years ago today, this is what you posted. So I saw the Facebook memory where one year ago today, I posted about here is my results for this week during the 50-50-50. And I was just, it was one of those posts that just really gained a lot of traction. It had a lot of likes, it had a lot of comments. And, and I was just kind of having one of those moments reminiscing about that journey and, and, and you know, all the different people that I became connected to th through that challenge. And I was going through the comments and I saw on there, this gentleman dropped that comment. And so here I am, I'm looking at this scenario where it's like, okay, we've got this buyer who is looking for sub two properties. We've got a property that's under contract for too high what is the, the the scenario here with the seller? What is their, their true issue? And so what we found out was they really weren't walking away with a whole lot because we went back to them and said, look, these are the, the offers that we're receiving from our investors. Uh, we're gonna need a price reduction. And they basically laid out the fact that there was no room for a price reduction. And, and so there we are, we have a sub two buyer, and then we, we have the scenario where the seller is walking away with basically nothing. This is a relatively simple one, but what would you do in that scenario? Uh, just wanted to throw that out there, kind of explain how we solved that situation. Third scenario, what would you do? This is a deal in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, we contracted this through Batch Dialer, which I don't talk about Batch Dialer enough, very powerful tool. If you're interested in the show notes, seven day free trial at batchdialer.com backslash titanium. Yes, that was a shameless affiliate plug and I have no issues with that whatsoever because it's a great product and we make a lot of money using Batch Dialer, okay? So the way we utilize Batch Dialer is with VAs cold calling, finding out the scenario, do they wanna sell, What's your timeline? Do you have a price? Just very simple information. Even if it's full retail, we're still putting it into our CRM and letting our acquisitions manager follow up with that and close the deal. In this scenario, that's exactly what happened. The lead came to us, we closed it, and, and we got it under contract for a good price. It was a really good deal, right? Well, we're looking at probably a $20,000, $25,000 assignment fee on this, which is great for Jacksonville, Florida. 
So what we ended up doing was, is one of our Crucible students came to us and, and they were here at the Crucible and basically said, hey, I've got a buyer for that deal right now. He's willing to pay you, I think it was actually 5,000 above what we were asking on the property. So we locked it up, we were gonna make a $25,000 wholesale fee. Sounds great, right? We start marching down the path and this buyer, we actually end up talking to the buyer on the phone in, in great conversation, right? And, and the reason why I wanted to use this scenario is, is because there was a, a potential for a little bit of shiny object syndrome with, with this seller. He was talking, or this buyer, his buyer was talking about how many deals do y'all have on the board? And, and at the time, I think we had like 60 or 70 deals on the board. Whereas of today, we, we just eclipsed 90 deals under contract. Uh, pretty crazy the amount of momentum that we've had. Uh, but at the time, 60 or 70 deals on the board. And he's like, look, I send them to me. I've got more money than I can spend. I'm ready to buy. Okay. Now, I would assume the majority of people out there would just get so excited about this and say, okay, I'm I'm sending you over a spreadsheet of all of the deals that we have under contract right now. Let's go do this, right? It's a, it's an exciting thing. Doesn't matter how many deals you've ever done. When you think you have a a one size fits all solution to the dispositions or acquisitions or anything like that, you get super excited and you want to jump at that opportunity. And, and I have to give a lot of credit to to Patrick on this. Um, um, Patrick was the one that was on the phone with him and, and he kind of pumped the brakes on it. And, and, you know, this is, this was a, a wise move on his part. Um, this is, this is a, a sign of maturity and experience where he's like, Hey, pump the brakes. We just sold you one deal. Let's get through this one. And then it, once the proof is, is there, right? Uh, then let's talk about doing more. But let's get one deal done. This should be a relatively quick deal. We should be able to close in a week or so. And, and we're still going to have plenty of deals to send you. So let's get that deal done and then we'll send you the rest, right? And and I don't know if it was just purely based on, off of his intuition with having this conversation or not, but it was a great decision on his part. Um, because the what would you do scenario on this property was uh, we get down to the closing date. He asks for a week-long extension just because he needs like three more days to get his funding in place. And then he's ready to close. So the next week, here we are on Wednesday, right? The three business days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And he becomes absent, ghosting us, not there can't get him to answer the phone, no text messages, no communication whatsoever. What are you going to do in that scenario? Okay, so those are our three what would you do scenarios. We got the Eugene, Oregon, where the buyer wants to back out and terminate because he's not getting the loan. He's not getting the amount of funds that he needs for his exit strategy. We've got the Tulsa, Oklahoma where all of our offers are coming in below the price that we contracted it in and the seller cannot do a price drop due to the fact that they owe money. They owe that much and they can't bring any money to the closing table. And then we've got the Jacksonville, Florida deal where the buyer said, hey, I wanna buy all of your deals 
but I need an extension for a week to get my funds in place on this first deal. And then after three days, ghosting us, no communication. What would you do in those scenarios? So here's what we did. Eugene, Oregon, okay? Of course, there was the emotional immediate like letdown when we find out, hey, the, the buyer says he's not getting his loan and, and wants to back out, right? But you have to overcome that pretty quickly. And, and as I've, I've said this time and time again, as a wholesaler, we are problem solvers. That is our responsibility to solve problems for the sellers, solve problems for the buyers, um, in this situation right now, this was, hey, we've already solved the seller's issue. Now, the the our buyer is saying he has an issue with a lender. Look, we have done hundreds of deals where we've flipped them, taken them down. We know hard money lenders across the country, so we asked them, hey, what were you looking for from your lender? And it simply came down to the fact that he just wasn't getting enough on the construction side of things for him to do the project. So with the amount of cash to close he was gonna have to bring, plus the holding costs, he didn't have enough cash to also cover the amount of new construction costs that were, were needed. So we just reached out to one of our hard money lenders and said, hey, will you take a look at this? Now, the funny thing about this is just the fact that this buyer went and spoke to my lender and they communicated that back to his lender. His lender said, whoa, pump the brakes. Hold on. What do you need? And then they came through and said, all right, we can actually close this deal. We'll give you what we need. You're a good customer. We want to keep your business. And so they came through and we were able to close that deal, make our assignment fee. Okay. Scenario number two, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. I said this was the easy one. So hopefully in the comments, I see plenty of answers of exactly what we did, right? We have a buyer for the 50-50-50 that wants nationwide sub two deals. And then we've got a, a scenario here with our seller, where the seller cannot go any lower, right? They cannot price drop because they owe too much on the mortgage. And then all of our offers were coming in lower. We took this deal to the sub two buyer and we said, look, if we can get this subject to, what are you willing to pay as an assignment fee? He actually came through and said, I'm willing to pay a $17,000 fee. We went back to the seller, said, look, we have somebody, it's not us, it's somebody else. They wanna buy this property subject to the existing mortgage. Here's what that looks like. They're gonna essentially pay us a wholesale fee on this and, and they're gonna solve your problem. Everybody was happy. He's buying the property subject to the existing mortgage. He's going to keep it as a long-term rental. And, and we turned basically what should have been a termination for one of our crucible students, as well as us, into a solid assignment, okay? The last scenario here is in Jacksonville, Florida, right? On this deal in Jacksonville, Florida, um, this is the one where our buyer said, I want to buy all your deals. And then I need a three-day extension, just get my funds in place, and then ghost us, right? Look, this is the benefit of having a large amount of volume going on and also keeping track of what your efforts are, okay? As we're always doing dispositions, we're always having communication with more and more buyers. So in Jacksonville, Florida, where we've done quite a few deals at this point in time, 
we have a network of people there that we've spoken to previously. So as we're feeling some kind of a way about our buyer not communicating with us, we're not necessarily going to give up on him because we're, we're still trying to get a hold of him. But we immediately started reaching out. We went into our database. Keaton was able to get a hold of someone that says, yeah, that's my deal. I want it. I'll give you your asking price right now. We were able to then just, hey, the, the contract uh, terminated with the, the existing buyer because he did not perform. And, and we were able to get this assigned over. And we had to go back to the seller. There was a little bit of damage control that was needed there where we had to go back and explain the situation and say, look, hey, we need another extension. We apologize about the inconvenience. Uh, they were understanding. Funny enough, it actually worked out better for them because uh, they were going on a vacation. They did, just didn't want to deal with the drama of the closing uh, during their vacation. So they were actually happy about the extension. And uh, we were able to get that sold to somebody else for the exact same price. And lesson learned, we didn't turn over any of our inventory to this, this gentleman that said he wanted to buy all these properties. Come to find out, we've heard some really negative uh, remarks from other people that have done business with him. That this is a common scenario. So look, lesson learned there. Uh, don't fall into the shiny object syndrome of people saying, hey, I'm some amazing cash buyer that wants to buy 60, 70 deals a month. Vet them out. Find people who have done business with them. If they're truly buying that many deals a month, it should be relatively easy for you to find somebody else that they've done business with that can vouch for them. Okay? This is our second rendition of What Would You Do? If, if you like this episode, if you like this type of episode, drop a comment in there. Uh, let me know something uh, about these types of episodes. I, I love giving you guys case studies of these. Uh, we have such the, a large amount of volume that's coming through our business right now. We do run into situations. This was pretty easy. Uh, me and Patrick just stood up at a war board and kind of talked about what are some really good learning experiences that we've had over the past 30 days. These are the top three that we came out with. Uh, I think I'm going to keep doing these probably roughly once a month. Uh, but let me know if you liked it and we'll keep doing them for you. Um, also, if you're watching on or listening on, on Apple Music or iTunes, make sure you leave me a five-star review. Remember, I only accept five-star reviews. Uh, if you want to give less, I've heard Steve Train actually doesn't like three-star reviews anymore. He actually really likes the two stars. Uh, he feels like that's what he deserves after his performance in last year's Closers Olympics. He realizes he's just not up to that five-star level. So just leave them two stars. All right, guys, that's all I got for you. We will see you next week. Thank you so much.